God's got something amazing in store for us today, and He's going to do something that's going to really shift. We've been praying actually all week for today, trusting for a divine miracle to happen. And so we are really trusting that today is going to be a shift for many of you. We've had a number of prophetic words that God's going to do something exciting and special. Would you just stir faith in your heart today? Lord, I, I know that you have promised that you are going to shift the way we think today. And we receive that shift. I ask Holy Spirit, would you increase your presence in this place? Thank you for your anointing during worship. Thank you for breakthrough that breaks chains. And the anointing that breaks strongholds over people. And so, Lord, I release that, and I'm praying right now that minds, veils would be removed. Wrong ways of thinking would be shifted. Lies would be destroyed, and the truth of God and His Word would be released in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, uh, some of you may have seen the video, the ad. We're starting a new series uh, this week. A particular series is called Facing Giants. And... There are a number of giants that we face on a daily basis, and we are looking at giants that we particularly face in Joburg. You know there's some Joburg giants, and uh, we're going to try and hit some of them, and get your five stones and your slings ready. Uh, God's going to give us some tools. If we look at what people have been coming up for prayer for, what we see so prevalent, so I don't know if some of you actually watch or read the news, um, that stress, anxiety, and depression is one of the biggest factors affecting people in Joburg at the moment. South Africa ranks, by a Bloomberg 2017 ranking study, as the second most stressed country in the world. What do you think of that? A recent uh, article by Kathy Mulherb in IOL said that over 17 million people in South Africa are dealing with anxiety disorders. Not just anxiety and stress, but anxiety disorders which need to be medicated and treated by psychologists, psychiatrists. 17 million. A 2017 Zipjet study shows that Joburg's the most stressed city in South Africa, and Zongilian Klapo in May of this year wrote an article in the HuffPost saying statistics are revealing that Gauteng residents are getting more and more stressed every year that they do their research. And as I've said, currently stress, anxiety, depression are one of the most common things people are coming up for prayer for. And something that Proverbs says in Proverbs chapter 12, 25, especially if you look at the uh, New King James Version, it says something interesting. Just listen to this. Anxiety in the heart of a person causes depression. But a good word makes it glad. Anxiety in the heart of a person causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. It is your decisions that determine your destiny. It's your decisions that determine whether you're living in delight or depression. And I'm speaking from experience. I was like raised to be strong. And in my first 10 years of ministry, I was just like I was a ministry machine. And then I heard of people having panic attacks and people who were depressed. And I just thought, man, just get some faith. Where's your faith? And then in 1998, when we were doing one of our previous church plants in Namibia, many of you know this story, I burned myself out doing too much. And I woke up one morning in extreme pain and just felt like I'd been crushed by something. And I was just in so much pain, I couldn't think, I couldn't act, I couldn't get up. And for six months, I went around flying to various places, trying to get a diagnosis, figure out what's wrong with me. I was eventually diagnosed with fibromyalgia, uh, which was an extreme form, and I suffered for 20 years. 
with fibromyalgia. And out of that experience, I started to have panic attacks. And it was just weak people that have that, right? People who don't have faith. I had faith. I was confessing scripture. And then depression hit me. And my whole neurological chemical system went out of whack. And I was like, God, what is this? You know what I mean? And God had to take me through a journey, either to learn some compassion for other people, but God had to take me on a journey to learn how to deal with this, do warfare with this, and realize that I can actually reprogram my brain through the various tools that he gave me. And I want to give you some of those today. So when I'm sharing on this, I'm talking about experience. I'm not talking about just some good ideas that I looked up on the internet. These are things I've gone through. And you can go from sad to glad. Sad stands for sad, anxious, and depressed. Glad stands for God's love, anointing, and deliverance. Which would you rather have? So let's be glad. And it is a choice. But it doesn't happen overnight. But I've learned and applied these things and God has done it. So today's Sunday sermon scope is to supply some selected, solid, simple stress solutions. I can't go into all of them, but I'm going to just focus on some selected ones, right? So you want me to say that again? Uh, Today's Sunday sermon scope is to supply some selected, solid, simple stress solutions. And I'm going to do that by looking at three solutions. The first I'm going to look at is some soul-settling scriptural stress suppressants. And then I'm going to look at scientific and specialist stress strategies. And then we're going to stand in the spirit's supernatural soul shifting strength. What do you say? So before I get to the solutions, I want to just look at some of the roots because it's important to know what some of the causes are. Uh, There's a study that was done by ProfMed. They do a study every year on stress in South Africa. And um, every year they rank what are the highest causes of stress and this year they said that anxiety uh, that work stress has overtaken all the other stresses in South Africa as the number one cause of stress now that's if you're working because there are a lot of people who are stressed because they don't have work right so if you're in this place today and you don't have work we pray regularly for you we trust him for God to open doors they're not a single person in this church will be workless not a single in this person in this church will be unemployed But I want to say that the work culture in Johannesburg is a culture of stress and dysfunction, especially control in abusive environments. Always trust God that change is possible. The second stress is financial stress. And most people are finding this. Our current economy is causing financial stress across the board. And the third stress, which is personal relationships, especially marriage, one of the greatest stresses in marriage are lack of finances. I just read an article last week that financial stress is now becoming one of the number one causes of stress in marriages. And that was followed by health stresses, which they pointed out were usually caused that health stress, anxiety, and depression is usually caused by work stress and relationship stress. And so, you know, it's stress that causes health stress that causes you to be stressed. And so, I mean, it's just like you're just on the running wheel, man. I'm going to touch on a couple of other stresses that they didn't list, but I found this one interesting. There's a thing called high altitude stress, that people who live in cities that have a higher altitude than 1,500 meters, Joburg is over 1,700, have lower serotonin, increased risk of depression, 
and high-altitude cities tend to have higher suicide rates than low-altitude cities. So not only are we facing these other pressures in Joburg, but have you ever wondered why the people in Cape Town and Durban and Port Elizabeth and Isla, they're so laid back, and when the robot changes green, then they start their engine. <laughs> and no one hoots except the GP number plates. You ever notice this? They've shown that our bodies perform optimally at, at sea level. So, you know, there's physical and situational stresses that we need to overcome. Now, we can overcome them, by the way. They've shown that people who, do, who re use the techniques and program their brains can actually be far more resilient in high altitudes than people at the coast because we can build a deeper resilience, especially runners. You get a whole lot more red blood cells. You do better in the comrades, right? And so there are going to be benefits as well. But how many of you, when you go to the coast, people say, I have a stress issue. You don't usually have a stress issue. You have a situation issue because often when you go to the coast and you change your situation and your environment, you're no longer stressed after a couple of weeks. Ever noticed that? Carol and I took two weeks at the coast and I was just like, oh, wow, this was just wonderful. Come back to Joburg and suddenly you just feel this thing and you have to resist it. So listen, Make sure you plan leisure time in your lives. It is vital and important, especially in marriages and families. Plan leisure times, and here's a good reason to plan leisure time at the coast every now and then. <laughs> Amen. And then there are spiritual stresses that a lot of people don't focus on, but you know that unforgiveness brings bitterness and anger that drives your soul to eat you away and brings incredible stress, anxiety, and depression. We have found a lot of people battling with depression. They have bitterness in their hearts against others, that they're not letting go. We've had people get so free just by releasing the stuff that they're carrying. There's also an element that I think you would be aware of that there's a demonic element. In fact, I believe that stress, anxiety, and depression is a primary scheme of the enemy in this city to cut people off from being able to do what God wants them to do. And so we need to recognize that we we're also in warfare. It's not just a brain thing. It's not just an environment thing. But God has given us tools to overcome these. The last one is what we call disorders, neurological, chemical issues. And this is when you actually need physical healing. And I'm going to trust at the end of this service that whoever is battling with any kind of stress, anxiety syndrome, depressive disorder, that God is going to break that in your life. Now, the interesting thing about this word anxiety is the Greek definition. It comes from the word merimnao, which is translated worry, anxiety, and it comes from two Greek words, merizo, which means to divide, and nous, which means the mind. In other words, the word used in scripture for worry and anxiety means to split and divide your mind. Huh. So, you know, the Bible says that the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to divide soul and spirit, bone and marrow discerning the thoughts and the intention of the heart. The Word of God can cut out the things that are causing anxiety in your life and bring your soul under the control of your spirit man so that the spirit man can tell you what to be thinking instead of having your mind divided by focusing on all that stuff that makes you anxious. They have proven that it's what you focus on that causes anxiety, not your situation. In fact... 
Most of us do not suffer from stress, anxiety, and depression based on reality, but based on our belief system. What God did for me was he had to change my belief systems. I'm going to do a very, very unpleasant exercise with you, and I hope you forgive me afterwards. This exercise will trigger a lot of negative emotions. It might cause some of you to cry, but it's an exercise that will make my point. Are you ready? Have I done anything yet? No, but you're already feeling stressed. <laughs> See, because you believed I was going to do something that was bad for you, your mind went into fight or flight mode. and It was like... I don't want to be here. But you see, your brain responded to a belief. I'm not going to do an exercise. Let it go. Our brains respond to belief systems more than situations. And what you believe about a bad situation can change your response to it. So Philippians tells us that our minds should not be divided. Philippians 4, 8, I think it is tells us what we must think about, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, what does he say? Think on these things. So friends, I can tell you that what you choose to think on is going to have a negative or a positive result. In the brain, we have volition and free choice. It's like a switch. If I switch it to God, the positive side, I will have positive emotions, positive experiences, and I'll be resilient against the things that come against me. If I switch it to think negative thoughts, I start to release negative chemicals, negative emotions. I start to reprogram my brain to be stressed and anxious, and eventually I wear myself down and become depressed and have a whole lot of other disorders. And so we need to realign our minds. And the best way to do that is through Scripture. Now, they, they have shown, actually, that meditation for many conditions can be more powerful uh, than medication. I recently went through an experience with a wellness clinic. There's actually a couple of guys who were there with me. And uh, three weeks of just wonderful experience, God visiting, lots of revelation. But in this, I was on pain meds, schedule six cancer level pain meds. Uh, I was in so much pain. And God used that time to teach me how to use my brain, meditate on scripture, change the way I think. And by the end of those three weeks, a miracle happened. I woke up on the last day with absolutely no pain in my body. In August, that was in May this year. You can give the Lord a hand. In August last year, Pastor Jim LaFoon sent a prophetic word on Carol's phone for me, a, a recorded prophetic word and it said Andrew you're going to be healed in the year and it's going to start with a medical intervention that's going to end with a divine miracle and I walked out of that place and I am 100% free from fibromyalgia anxiety depression no pain I'm off those meds some of you remember Carol sharing she feels like she's got her husband back I'm up early in the morning I'm like what do you do with 15 hours in the day I'm having fun man I'm getting more time with Jesus and my puppies oh and my family of course yeah yeah <laughs> so 
I'm just going to throw out some scriptures, but David talks about meditation on scripture. Psalm 119 is one of the best ones. He said, I meditate on your precepts, consider your ways. In, in 97, he says, how I love your precepts. I meditate on them day and night. Verse 148, my eyes stay open through the night that I may meditate on your promises. So what are some good promises? I'm going to just throw some out. You can take a picture. I'm not going to dwell on these today. This is for you to use as uh, mind-focusing scriptures. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So if I'm standing in what God has for me, I'm always going to have power, love, and a sound mind. John says perfect love casts out all fear. So the more I bathe in his love, the less fear I experience. And I can go to the same situation. I can go to the same workplace. I can experience the same challenges and stresses and be resilient and stand against them because I'm hidden in Jesus as my refuge and fortress. John 14, Jesus said to his disciples, my peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, but not as the world gives it do I give to you. How does the world give peace? Ah, you got enough money. Yeah, people like you. It's usually the world, you think that in the world we have to change our situation to have peace. Jesus doesn't do that. He can give you peace right in the midst of the storm. And sometimes he doesn't still the storm. You know, when they were in the boat and there were storms raging and they thought they were drowning and they thought they were going to sink and they were all fearful and stressed. What was Jesus doing? Sleeping in the bottom. Same situation. Now, I believe that there's some storms that Jesus isn't going to calm. He's just going to invite you to come sleep in the boat with him during the storm. And he said that to me. He said, Andrew, this storm I'm not calming. I'm going to teach you how to stay in my peace during the storm. I'm like, okay, cool, Jesus. I'm not going to focus on the storm. I'm going to just lie here with you. Oh, it's so comfortable in the bottom of this boat. It's a little rocky. But thank you, Jesus. 1 John 4.18, I mentioned it. There's no fear in love. Perfect love drives out fear. I believe one of the reasons that we're susceptible to fear is that we don't fully understand, grasp, and live in the love of God. What are some good precepts? Jesus said this. I love this scripture. I think this is one of the best when it comes to worry. Therefore, I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you're going to eat or drink, about your body, what you will wear. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Just any hands? I, I love to see. In fact, you're probably taking a few hours away by worrying. So do not worry. It's a command. For the unbelievers run after these things. Your father knows that you need them. So seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow. But listen to what he says. Tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. <laughs> Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. He never promised peace, this side of heaven, in our circumstances and our environment. He promised in the midst of non-peaceful circumstances and environments, you can have peace in your soul. And that if you choose to worry, you allow your environment to impact your soul. If you live from heaven, then your spirit man impacts your soul and is not phased by your environment. That's why Paul writes so much about the mind controlled by the spirit versus the mind controlled by the flesh. Which one are you listening to? Which one controls the way that you think? And we don't just worry about what, what our needs are. We worry about what needs to be done. Consider Mary and Martha. Mary's sitting there at Jesus' feet, listening to him, receiving from him. What's Martha doing? 
running around, serving, 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 cooking, making sure, oh, Jesus needs all this food and, and we've got to make it comfortable. Mary, why aren't you helping me? Jesus looks at Martha and says, Martha, Martha, you're worried about so many things. And it's not wrong to serve Jesus. He says, but Mary has chosen that which is better, to sit at my feet and receive from me. It's more important than cooking a meal for me. And sometimes when things, you have a big to-do list. Remember what Martin Luther said, I have so much to do today, I better spend the first three hours in prayer. Most of us go, I have so much to do today, God, I don't have time to pray. I have found that when I spend enough time in prayer, suddenly I get the things done quicker and better. Seriously, it works. Try it. And then, uh, by the way, there's a podcast that I shared. I'm not going to talk about trouble. Uh, I did a, a couple of teachings on that. There's a podcast that I taught on uh, why suffering is part of the You Ask For It series that is at the top of our podcast page. If you missed that, I really encourage you to get that. But consider some great giant slayers. David, he says, why my soul are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? And if you started your day like that, but what do I do? I'm going to put my hope in God. I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Rick Joyner once had this picture of a, a gathering of Christians. And they were all going through incredible trials and troubles. And they gathered in this little church. And they started singing. And he had an experience where he was in heaven listening to the singing of heaven and the angels. And it was so beautiful. And God silenced the whole of heaven to listen to this little group of Christians. And Rick said, man, they sound so terrible. Can we go back to heavenly worship? And God said, heavenly worship, they see me in my glory and they respond to that. But on earth, they don't see me. They don't experience my glory like that. And in the midst of their troubles, they choose to praise me. And that is worth far more to me. Praise when your situation is going bad is worth more to God than praise when everything's going good. That's why the Bible talks about it as a sacrifice of praise. Sometimes it's a sacrifice. 1 Peter 5.8, what did Peter have to say? Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be alert and sober-minded because you have an enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking to devour you. There is undeniably a demonic component to this, and we are in warfare. And when I feel these things hit me, one of the first things I do is I say every demonic spirit this Taking advantage of this, I command you to go where Jesus sends you. You may not touch me. Go in Jesus' name. You just start taking authority because you have authority. Don't let them run rings around you. And then one of the most powerful tools that is going to take us into the next, which is proven both scripturally and scientifically, is gratitude. Paul says this. You don't have to fill up there, but Philippians. Be anxious for nothing. Say it with me. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Say it with me. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And then the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. In our world, we need our hearts guarded from the things that come against us. And sometimes we are not guarded and so they hit us and we respond negatively. How do you get guarded? You get the peace of God through thanksgiving. You get the peace of God through just saying, Lord Jesus, I give it all to you. And the peace of God transcends what? Because you know what? Many of you in situations where your understanding says you shouldn't have peace. How are you going to pay the bills? You shouldn't have peace. 
How are you going to fix your marriage? You shouldn't have peace. How are you going to deal with your teenager who's gone astray? You shouldn't have peace. The peace of God transcends what your understanding tells you and gives you a peace in the midst of it. And so I'm going to come to some scientific and specialist stress strategies, but I just want to say if you missed the teaching that I did, God's secret weapon against anxiety and disappointment, I recommend you get that. It's also at the top of our sermons page. It'll save me from having to spend too much time going into the power of thankfulness. That is a whole message on the power of thankfulness. So I'm going to give that to you. Amen. If you missed it, listen to it. It'll change your life. But when we look at science, one of the first things that changes the way your brain functions and even changes the way your brain looks is gratitude. And they have found a couple of things. Your brain has two vital components that you work with every day. The one's called your amygdala, and that is your fight or flight center that makes you, ah! <laughs> that's amygdala. Then you have the prefrontal cortex, which is the solutions part of the brain. That's the part of the brain that helps you to think, helps you to reason, helps you to be the best employer at work, best employee at work, helps you to be the best at everything you do. The prefrontal cortex. You like your prefrontal cortex. But the amygdala, whenever you get stressed, hijacks the prefrontal cortex and starts to release stress, and it shuts down your ability to find solutions. And we get into fight or flight mode. So what they have found is an exercise called mindfulness that shuts down the amygdala and reactivates the prefrontal cortex. Remember the word now. To stop dividing your mind between the amygdala and the prefrontal cortex, you shut down the amygdala. They have shown that people who exercise this daily, the amygdala actually shrinks and the prefrontal cortex actually grows. And so they call this exercise mindfulness. It involves gratitude. But what mindfulness does is it makes you focus on the present and it shuts down your anxiety from either the past or the future. And just do this with me, okay? Some of you are anxious about this sermon. I want you to just focus on your breathing now. See, you didn't know you were breathing before. It was just subconscious. Now you're conscious of your breathing, right? Now I want you to focus on the present. This is what mindfulness does. I do this every day. I start, use your five senses. Feel the chair that you're sitting in. It's comfy, isn't it? You're not sitting on one of those hard chairs. It's comfy. Listen to the sound of my voice. It's soothing. It's pleasant. And then mindfulness says, what can I be grateful for in the present? Are you grateful for that comfortable chair you can sit on? Start to be grateful for the chair. Start to be grateful for the sound of my soothing voice. <laughs> grateful for this hall that we can meet in, that we're not outdoors with the sun blistering on our heads. What you have just done is you've taken your mind, you've pulled it out of every anxiety, thinking about the past and the future. You've rooted it in the present and you've released gratitude for what you have right now. Do that every day whenever you get stressed. Whenever a negative emotion, overwhelmed, whatever it is. What it does is it shuts down the amygdala so that you can think. Hey, that's simple. And gratitude is the most amazing thing. Now, we spoke about breathing, but here's something. Do you, do you know, have you ever heard smokers say smoking relaxes me? Do you know that smoking doesn't relax you? Smoking is a stimulant. Nicotine is a stimulant. So they're wondering, why does nicotine calm people? Nicotine doesn't calm you. This calms you. 
So do this when they take a deep breath through your nose. Then let it out like this. Another one. One more. You feel a relaxation. You do that five times before a board meeting, before an interview, before going into a stressful situation, before an encounter with your, wi your, your boss. <laughs> Some interesting facts, and I'm going to run through these quite quickly. Harvard-trained and published neuroanatomist Dr. Jill Bolt-Taylor wrote a book called The Brain Scientist's Personal Journey, and what she says is that emotion... The chemical release, once it's been triggered, only lasts 90 seconds. So when you feel overwhelmed or you suddenly feel stressed or your boss gives you something else to do and you react or you suddenly feel like you're in a place where the fight or flight kicks in, it only lasts 90 seconds. And what happens is we grab that thought and we look at it and we go, oh no, everything's terrible and we run with it and we agree with it and then it lasts a long time and can become a habit pattern. And so what she has shown is that Emotions, which last 90 seconds, the moment I have a negative emotion, my amygdala kicks in. I shut my amygdala down through mindfulness, but I can also shut it down by counting backwards from 90. And so when I feel negative, I, I start in my mind going 90, 89, 88, 87. Now, because I'm counting backwards, my brain has to think harder. So it has to go to the front of my brain to figure out what's the next number. Don't fight it. If you fight it, it will resist. It'll get stronger. Just acknowledge it. I acknowledge that emotion. <laughs> You're only going to last 90 seconds, you little sucker. <laughs> Friends, here's something we teach our inner healing people is that emotions are messengers. So don't fight them. Don't rebuke them. Don't say, get out of here, unless it's a demonic thing. I do say if there's a demonic component, go. But I will often grab a thought and take it captive as we are instructed and say, where do you come from? What triggered you? Because maybe there's a belief system God wants me to change. So I'll get rid of the emotion, I'll get into God's presence through gratitude, and then I'll say, Jesus, show me why I had that emotion. What triggered that? And he starts to show me, well, you believe this and this, so let me show you how to change the way you believe, so that you can have a different emotion. Amen? Some situations you're in require boundaries. If you're in a work situation or a relationship where there's controlling elements, I encourage you to take that and go and look it up. There's free videos that you can get as well. Other things that they recommend is to meditate on Scripture. And there's some great ones. You can Google, uh, there's YouTube meditations on Scripture with music, and I do a lot of this. There's some great soaking with Katie Souza, and Katie Souza's got some great stuff. You can look her up. Um, but start taking time out to feed yourself with positive things. You will find that you get more done. And I'm going to just close this one with... <laughs> avoid negative influences. Surround yourself with positive. You heard this before. One of the things they talk about is that you can have trauma by proxy. You traumatize yourself by reading negative news. In fact, they said, if you are affected by it, stay away from mass media and start looking at good news. Look it up, the Good News Africa. Go look up some of those. Stay away from mass media. Stay away from horror movies. You will need deliverance and you will suffer some extreme anxiety. 
And recognize, David Ricker writes this thing, that there are five things in life, this side of heaven, that you can't change, so you may as well accept them. Everything changes and ends. Things don't always go according to plan. Life's not fair. Pain's a part of life. People aren't always loving and loyal all the time. I can choose to grumble about that, or I can find the gratitude in the opposite. Well, I can be grateful that some things need to change and end for my good. Most things do work out. Most of life's not unfair. Most of my life's not painful. Many people I know are loving and good, and I focus on those. So all of you know that the first five are not the majority of your life, but we focus on them so much. Is life so terrible? If you think life's out to get you, you're going to be anxious and depressed. If you think life's your friend and God's on your side, then you're always going to be happy and you're going to feel confident and you're going to be resilient. And so I want to take a moment to pray now. We're going to stand in the spirit, supernatural, soul shift in strength and trust God to do a miracle in each of our lives. You can ask Josh to play some really anointed peace music. Thanks, son. I want you to close your eyes. Take a deep breath. Breathe in the Holy Spirit. Breathe out every negative thing you've been fighting with this week. Breathe in His peace right now. Breathe out every fear of what is to come, what you have to do. Let go of worry. And while you've got your eyes closed, you can actually picture this hall. You can picture me standing in front of you and you're going, what a handsome man. What a beautiful voice. If you're not doing that, just do that now. But with your eyes closed, you can picture that. And I want you to picture me coming up to you and putting my arm on your shoulder. You can do that, right? This is the part of the brain that taps into the unseen realm where Jesus manifests himself. Now I want you to picture Jesus coming up to you and putting his hand on your shoulder. Lord, show them how bright you are, your light. Would you look inside your soul and take everything that is stress, anxiety, depression, negative, worry, fear, and just hold it in your hands. Take it out of your soul. Take it out of you. Hold it in your hands there. You can look at it. I sense some of you battling with grief. Take the grief out. Give it to Jesus. And just give it to him and watch what he does with it. Just let it go. Lord Jesus, would you take these things out of every soul and mind right now? Release in Jesus' name. You're going to just suddenly feel lighter. There it goes. There it goes. And now, Lord Jesus, where you've taken that out of their souls, what do you give back to them? Just let him put his hand right in your soul and release his peace, his strength, his joy. I release right now in the name of Jesus, peace, strength, comfort, joy, perfect love. Flood their souls now, Lord, with perfect love. Cast out all fear. 
Can you feel that really strong presence of peace in this place right now? Just soak in it. That word soak is a biblical word. It's the word baptizo, which we use to baptize, but it literally means to be like a sponge that soaks up its environment. And we can be baptizoed in the Spirit all the time, every day. So just soak right now in that presence. Now those of you that have been battling with stress, anxiety, depression, even if it's been small, some of you may have depressive disorder, anxiety disorder, but I want to pray for a release right now, a miraculous healing to take place. And just extend your hands right now to receive. Ah, wow, there's, there's an anointing that just came in right now. In the name of Jesus, I take authority over every depressive disorder, anxiety disorder, panic attacks, mood disorders right now in Jesus' name. We rebuke you and we command you right now. You may not operate in these lives anymore. I release the authority to destroy every disorder in these lives that have come from the lies of the enemy, faulty belief systems. Go right now in Jesus' name. Every one of you, you may not operate here. You may not operate in these lives anymore. I command healing to come to these brains, healing to these neurological systems, healing to their chemical systems, healing to every gland, every hormone right now. Hormones healed in Jesus' name. Hormones healed in Jesus' name. Healing, healing right now. Jesus, release it. Now just let it go. <laughs> just let Jesus take it right now. And I command every demonic spirit associated with these things, every assignment of the enemy that has come against them to bring these things, I command every one of you now, you fall on your face at the foot of Jesus and declare that Jesus is Lord. Every knee must bow and I command every demonic knee, you bow at the foot of Jesus right now. And I cut you off and I command you to go where Jesus sends you. You will never touch anyone in this church ever again. Go. Healing right now. Just receive healing. Whatever part of your body, some of you thyroid, some of you estrogen, some of you there's neurological chemical disorders, bipolar, whatever it is right now, just place your hands on your brains, your bodies, release healing, receive it, receive it, receive it. God healed me miraculously and I release that miraculous healing on you. My adrenal glands didn't work, my thyroid didn't work, my hormones were out of whack, my neurological system was out of whack, I was in pain and God healed me. And I release that healing right now in every life. Sadness, go in Jesus' name. And would you just stand and say this with me as we close? Just have your hands extended to Jesus and just say, Lord Jesus, I receive right now your belief system. I let go of lies. Show me truth. This week, show me where my beliefs are releasing negative things. Show me how to think. Lead me to the scriptures that will change my belief systems. I drink now from the living water, from your peace, from your joy.
Here's joy. Sure. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Doesn't matter what you're going to face. You might leave here and things might go wrong. Your car might break down. What are you going to do? Why so downcast, oh my car? Yet will I praise Him. And Lord Jesus, I pray this one last thing. Release gratitude in these hearts. Show them how many things we have to be grateful for. We take our eyes off the things we complain about and we say, no more grumbling. Don't want to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. No more grumbling. Ha! Gratitude. And say this with me, Lord Jesus, I let go of my grumbling. I receive gratitude. Show me the many things that I can be grateful for. Now just thank Him before we close for two things in your life. Just thank Him. Find two things you can thank Him. Three things. Maybe more will come. Thank Him. <laughs> hey, thank you that I have a car that could break down.